0: with me. Heavenly Father, um, we come before you as we open your word, and we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would enlighten us and reveal and transform. Lord, help our eyes to see the words in scripture that just weren't there yesterday. Lord, help our ears to hear from you in a way that is just new and sparks our heart, Lord, and help our wills to obey those things we see and hear today from you, that you, by your Spirit, can continue to transform us into those who are your beloved, your children, and that the rest of the world can see belongs to you. Lord, to give you this time, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. I'd like to not say that my arms are shaking because I held up the cross for those long (laughs) readings, but... As I said to somebody at Synod this week, hashtag feeling my age. I was to be crucifer at Synod. We were at Synod this past week um, in Virginia. And um, let me just say, our cross is a lot lighter. This (laughs) massive, beautiful crucifer cross came in, and I thought, nope. (laughs) I am not going to attempt to walk downstairs and walk into an aisle in front of my bishop and the entire diocese with doing this. (laughs) Anyway, a much younger stronger gentleman took it for me, which was lovely Um, We were at synod and it was a beautiful thing to be together. I'm reminded each time we're there That it is not just us church of the apostles that we belong to This wonderful group of men and women who love jesus and who proclaim his gospel and who serve his people every day every week um, and that our bishop is a bishop who cares deeply for us, both our bishops, actually. And um, it is a good renewing for us as clergy to be together like that. And so I pray that that sense of uh, renewal and care that we received and really good teaching um, is something that Brian and I and our team um, spills over to you in the in these days ahead. So um, as I was standing there, I thought, why did I tell Brian to read all of these verses? Um, but we heard this week from uh, a friend of the Murphys, David Taylor, who was our speaker. Um, you know, he said, that, let's not shy away from the readings that we have in Scripture. Let's let's read them all. Like, let's read all the verses. Let's not cut things out um, when we are worried about timing and, and our service and things like that, because he was speaking to pastors. And so, as I was standing here, I thought. And Ryan was reading. I thought, "Oh, yep, that's long. Mm, Yeah, that's a long psalm." And then I heard David's words: "To read it all, read it all. We need to hear it. You need to hear it. I need to hear it." So, um, I was grateful for his encouragement that I could kind of lay that down as you, as we were hearing from um, all these scriptures. And so, we've been talking about calling, calling these last four or five weeks, um, specifically on this book, but. If you've been paying attention, we've been talking about calling for quite some time. But in um, Kathleen Kahalen's uh, book, I'm kind of doing the wrap-up chapter. Um, so if you're in a triad, you're, you're not missing it because you have several chapters left to go. But in the series, I'm going to do—just um, speak about that last chapter that is um, called From the God Within is the name of the title. Um, but she says in this last chapter, uh, we are called by God to be followers. Worshippers, witnesses, neighbors, forgivers, prophets and stewards, as the community we are, in the particularity of our context, from our losses into a new life together, for each other and for God's world, through each other as agents of God's calling, in our suffering and within God's dwelling place. Throughout scripture, it has been God's desire and his design to be with his people. Just think about it. From the very beginning, his desire and the design of creation and us is so he can be with us. Because it continues to be his desire and delight to be in relationship with us. So, in order to be in relationship with anybody, we need to be together. And so, this, I think, is what Kathleen is getting at to be called from the God within. It is in this dwelling with us and taking up residence within us that God calls us. It is the completion of the calling conversation, really, if you think about it. This format that she has used, if you've kind of caught onto the nuances that Brian has been using, it's the prepositions that she has been using to describe this way that we're called and that we are um, of use to God and his kingdom. And they're not written as options. She doesn't say we are called by God to be followers or as the community we are or from our losses. It's one continuous whole thought called by God to be followers as the community from our losses for each other, through each other in our suffering and within God's only place. So within is what we're talking about today. And it, it brings up two great mysteries of our faith in Christ. God comes to dwell within our midst, abiding with us. I mean, the God of the universe, to be with us. And then God calls each of us to abide within the one holy uni- holy trinity. I mean, I could just sit down, right? I mean... It it just is an amazing thing, and I think that we, you know, as we go through life, we tend to bring God down, 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 you know, just kind of get through the days or get through whatever we are struggling with or walking through into a um, manageable size. (laughs) And so it behooves us to stop when we come to worship to think about the bigness and what it means that this amazing God of the universe wants to be with you and what he's done to be able to be with you and then calls you to be with him. It's just an amazing thing. So it points to relationship, this word within, the relationship each of us can enter into with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in which the very God of the universe comes to dwell. Kathleen says it this way, the the call within is God's sheer graced goodness, a gift of pure love, a boundless power that is our source and our identity. It is the how to living out the callings, the relationship that we have with the Trinity, them to us, and us in that. It is the stepping into relationship that is the how to all the different things that we've been talking about. So in these readings, in the Old Testament and the Gospel readings from today, both Moses and Jesus have already been called by God into where they are right now. Like, I didn't start at the beginning of these stories, So they've been called along the way, and as Eugene Peterson says, they are well down the the long obedience in the same direction. They are in their callings, and they are almost at the very end of what God has asked them to do. So in Deuteronomy, the people of God have finished their wanderings in the wilderness. This is, they are sitting, in Deuteronomy 30, they're sitting, waiting, like they can almost see. They are waiting to go into the promised land. And so these last chapters of Deuteronomy is... Moses' final words to them. And so they have wandered through the wilderness. And in chapter 29, if um, you want to read it later, um, what has been happening is Moses is like, okay, we are here. And so he's renewing and reminding them of the covenant that God has made. Right? And so in 29, he says to them, this is that covenant. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, obeying all the commandments and laws that have been given. In the wilderness, the Lord God not only gave his people the law, but he also gave them the gift of his very presence, if you remember. In Exodus, um, in twenty Exodus 25 is where God says to Moses, gather the people and tell them to bring contributions. I will put it on their heart what they are to bring. And he lists them out, right? There's gold and silver and bronze and blue, purple and scarlet yarns and fine twin. Um, Linen and goats hair and all of the things all of the different woods all of the oils and he says for this reason Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst For 40 years the lord has come and made his dwelling in the midst of his people in this tabernacle when the cloud would lift Moses would lead the people onward, right? They could move when the cloud would lift everything got up and they moved forward and when the cloud would settle they would stop And make camp and wait for the Lord to move again. And so here they are, done wandering, ready to enter the promised land. And these are His final instructions. For this, for this commandment that I command you today, it is not too hard. Neither is it far off, but the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you can do it. So therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Moses has taken time here to warn them yet again of what happens when, this doesn't, when it doesn't go well, when they turn and they, um, they turn away from the Lord, when they don't obey, when they don't love him and serve him with everything they have. It says that he scatters them. He puts them in uh, vulnerable places where they are unprotected, But when they turn back, it says at the end of 29, to the Lord, he will gather and restore them. And I can imagine that after 40 years of wandering together as a community, such as it was, but still they were together as God's people, um, a community of God's people, and having the presence of God literally from everywhere in the camp. If you've never read these stories in the Old Testament, it is really a good thing to go through because what you see is that God does not leave them. He leads them out of Egypt into the desert, and you just think, now they're wandering. But he never leaves them. They're wandering because of their disobedience, and yet he still does not leave them. He is still there, and from everywhere they are, even as big as they grow, they can see the tabernacle, and they can see that God is with them. He doesn't ever leave them. So you can imagine that they're sitting here, and what Moses is saying, don't forget, because if you do, you'll be unprotected. And God will not have his presence with you like this. And other nations will have strong uh, strength against you, and you will be at the mercy of other nations. I imagine that sounds terrifying, because they've had Moses, and they've had God in their midst, and they've had each other. So Moses is speaking good and hard things to God's people. He is giving them their next calling. They'll enter the promised land from the loss and suffering of the wilderness, God will bless and prosper them if they hold fast to Him. At the same time, Moses is being called by God in a different direction. Okay. Moses doesn't get to go into the Promised Land. He will not enter. And God has said so before this reading that He will not enter the Promised Land. <laughs> this monumental call on His life, and He has spent forty years serving and acting on this calling and God says but you're not going to finish it for me I have a different plan for you so you can hear a bit when you understand the tone that this is urgent for Moses I'm not going with you I need you to listen to me and I need you to know how to do life in this new promised land so it's from his heart when I'm asking so that's why he says it's not hard. Listen, it's not hard. He has been with us and he will be with you. You can obey him. You can do it. You can keep his laws. It is possible. And the how is because God is with you. Literally, his law, his word is going to be in your mouth and in your heart. You know these things. His very presence is going to be with you. As one being called, Moses does understand how big this feels to the people sitting at his feet listening. He's been in their shoes, and he has been afraid of failing at the task God has called him to. And now he can speak with wisdom and authority because Moses understands firsthand that God does not leave those he calls. He is with him. Moses commands, warns, and implores the people of God to choose life, which means choose God all the time, over and over again. Choose him his way, his law, his commandments. Choose to hear and obey his voice among all the other voices that you are going to hear in this new land. Choose life. Love the Lord. Obey his voice. Hold fast. Because he is how you do this. He is your very life. This speaks to a relationship, not only a relationship of community and the calling of the community in mass to go into the new place, But it speaks of Moses' relationship with the Lord. It is an intimate relationship. He speaks confidently from the deep relationship to the people he loves. He knows they can do it because he has had to do it and God has not left him. He has also been in this constant relationship with the Lord, right? He keeps going up the mountain and hearing from God and he'll come down with the very words of God literally on the stones, the very words of God. He goes up to the mountain. He comes down. He has the laws. He, he speaks with and is in relationship with the God of the universe, and he's turning to the people saying, and you too. This is something you can. And so much so, he's grown so much in confidence. We think about where he started. The movie's in my head now. I told you, I preach in movies. So the <laughs> Prince of Egypt movie is now in my head. But if you remember, what happens is, Moses doesn't know that he's Hebrew. He doesn't know. And the discovery of who he truly is and his true identity sends him in a new direction of calling. And then God goes to him and calls him back to this monumental task. This is a long relationship he has had with the Lord. And the confidence that grows for those of us who know, the longer we've been in the Lord, seeking and loving, obeying and hearing his voice, there is an intimacy and a confidence So that in Psalm 90, verse 1, he can say, You, Lord, you have been our dwelling place for generations. Not the mountain only, not the tabernacle only, but the very person of God. You have been our dwelling place. And as we turn to the gospel reading, you may be thinking, Well, now she's going to talk about Jesus. Uh, Of course the father's with Jesus. (laughs) That's his son. They're already in relationship. (laughs) Um, and as Brian likes to say, yes, and. Yes, that is true. But let's not at all negate the fact that Jesus has been called. He has been called to the incarnation of being a human. He has been called to walk this journey to the cross. And he has heard and he has loved God with all that he has, all that he has. Talk too fast, sorry. And he's obeyed. And he is almost to the cross in this gospel reading. And he is saying his final words to those he has been in relationship with for all these years. He's almost at the end of his call, like Moses is almost at the end of his call. So Jesus has been called like we are to the obedience that God has asked him to. He was called to be the Christ and the Messiah to save us from the sin and disobedience. He has heard his father's voice and obeyed with all that he is. And so we come to this portion of John 14, and um, he's almost done. Like Moses giving his final instructions, he has a few more things to say to the disciples. If you love me, he says, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He goes on to say, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I mean, you can hear Moses' words, but now this is Jesus saying it again to the descendants of the people of God. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He goes on to say, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then the answer to Judas' question, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, which, by the way, is what tabernacle means, to make my abode with you. So we can hear the echoes of Moses, love the Lord, keep his commandment, the Lord will be with you. Relationship. Wherever it is you start with the Lord in your relationship of faith, it needs to keep moving and becoming deeper, and that's the how. This relationship is the how. Keep his commandments. You need to know what they are in order to keep them. So read his word. Hear his voice. Listen for it. On your own, in prayer, and in the midst of the community God has given you to be in. And obey. And even that is done in community. Because there are times where I can't, and I don't see how to. And I need you to say, Jan, this way. It's obvious to do, but it's not obvious to me. So we need to be in community even to obey. Even that's not an individual thing. But yet he gives us all that we need in order to do these things. As you can imagine, the disciples, like the people of Israel, are being called to a monumental task. Go into the whole world telling of the good news of the gospel. They have been called from their former lives, their friends, their families, their neighbors, called to the disciples' life of following Jesus, there has been suffering along the way and loss. And in these final words, as you read in these chapters, Jesus isn't holding back, and he's bluntly saying there is more to come. But he is calling them to this new, big, seemingly impossible thing. He is also telling them how. God the Father will give you a helper. He will dwell with you and be in you. You will not be left as orphans. We are not left, even collectively, as orphans on our own. So the disciples just have been in relationship with Jesus, right? It's three years of a relationship, but he is inviting them deeper still. And he explains that even though he is leaving them physically, they can still stay in relationship with him. This love relationship that begins and is sustained within the Holy Trinity is offered to the disciples and to us. This is being called by the God within. As Kahalen states, it's God's sheer graced goodness, a gift of pure love. The Holy Spirit is the boundless power that is our source and our identity. And being in deep, continual relationship is the how to do all of these different types of callings that we have been discussing and learning about. The God of the universe comes to dwell with us. He makes his home with us. I'm just going to stop again. Come on now. He doesn't have to. It is his desire to be with his children. So, Answer the desire by stepping deeper into this relationship to get to know him more and more, to follow him deeper and deeper. He calls us to come and abide in him as well, to abide in the mystery of the Holy Trinity so that we can be in this relationship and we can walk out our callings. The by, the to, the as, the from, the for, the through, and the in, all the different ones we've been talking about, to the glory of his name and so that others will come to know him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the way that you love us enough to put desires and gifting inside of us from the very beginning. Lord, I ask that by your spirit you would encourage us to not only stay in community here at Apostles, Lord, but to more deeply enter into relationship with you, by seeking you and hearing your voice and loving you, Lord, seeing what your word says and obeying it together, Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you did not leave us, that you have always wanted to be with us, that you are and that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our mortal bodies. We thank you for this amazing gift. We love you. We want to be in relationship with you. Help us to be better at it. Teach us so that we can follow these callings Not only to glorify you, to bless us, but as Karen said, to to be for others and show others who you are. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.